morning to you. We've got uh, my partner, uh, Flew the Coop again, uh, Peter Perlman. He's down in Orlando. Peter, are you there? Well, good morning there, Paul. How are you? Good, good. You know, we got a sunny day here today. We're going to be low 50s and sunny. And what's the forecast uh, in lovely Orlando? We're going to be 80, 80, 85, 88 today. It's going to be a beautiful day. You know, we're sitting down here. We're looking at the Disney World Complex all around us, Disneyland. Um, last night, dinner over there at uh, Disney Springs at the Boathouse. Uh, quite the place to be. Did you say hello to Mickey for me? I, I, I wanted, you know, Mickey and I go way back. Yeah, I know you do, and the answer is no. Is he still um, mad at me? And I, I sort of treated on him. I, I was out there with Minnie, and one day he caught me with Minnie, and he was real pissed off. But he said he, he cooled it off. He's really happy. And, you know, last time I got a letter from him, he said, come on down. Um, I don't know, because he had Goofy sneaking up on me, and it was sort of weird. But anyways, if you see him before you go, say hello and see how his feelings are for me. But I think we're okay. Well, you know, that's great. I think that um, you would think there would be a lull down here right now, but the place is packed. It is people to people um, wandering around everywhere. Last night, we just could not believe them. And it was shoulder to shoulder. The restaurants were uh, jam-packed even when we left at 9 o'clock. And uh, you think they were just giving something away for free. Well, it's funny you say that because I watched a commercial last week and you know, for Disney and I actually came in the next day and asked my son, can we go down to Orlando together? And he said, wow, when we could do it. So I think I'm going to head down there either the end of the year or beginning of next year. Well, you're going down to Orlando. Well, you're coming down to Florida in a couple of weeks. I know that. Yeah, it's I'll be the East Coast. The, no, no, I'm not taking it easy. It's all meetings. Oh, just like me. I'm down here supposed to be taking it easy, even though my meetings go every day. And, you know, earlier in the week was New York, and last week was Las Vegas, you know. But, uh, wait, wait, did I just hear, so, wait, 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 did I hear someone in the back of the room? Is Minnie in your room? Did I hear no, something? you may. I don't know why we're getting a little reverberation. But here. but but I hear someone. It sounds like a squeaking lady in the back. Is you sure, Minnie? Minnie's you're not so here. You're so funny. Okay. You are so funny. So, anyways, you know, well, anyway. uh, I miss you that you're not physically in the <clears> studio. <throat> I can't look at your gorgeous face across from me. But let me ask you a question. This is a normal show for I'm us, lo- right? Which means you have some questions for me, don't you? I definitely do, and I want to go to eighteen eighteen. 1818. I remember that year. That was right after 1817. That's right. And President James Monroe proclaimed naval disarmament on the Great Lakes and on Lake Champlain. This was the first major change that we weren't used to this. So naval disarmament, sort of like the nuclear disarmament in North and South Korea, right? To a certain extent. All right, but this was a real so, us in Great Lakes. Okay. That was the first piece. Okay, first Let's piece. Let's go to 1881. Okay. Right after And here we have a news flash, all points bulletin. There was a breakout in a jail in Mesilla, New Mexico. Who broke out that day? Juan Valdez's brother. I don't know. Who broke out in the jail? Bill, Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. Okay. okay. He escapes from the Lincoln County Jail. Is there any more useless information you want to give me this morning? I have a bunch yet. Let's go to 1919, the year my dad was born. 1919. That was the that was what happened. That your dad was born. That was a big that was a big thing. Your dad it, was a cool was. guy. Yes. June the 10th is when my dad was born. But this happened uh, today mm-hmm. with the United States Army Air Corps. It was the first jump using a ripcord type parachute. Did he make it? All the way to the end, and the truck even showed up on time. 
All right, cool. Very cool. All right, they had it in 1990. Okay, very good. All right, so are you a baseball fan? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I am, yeah, I'm a huge baseball so fan. So 1930 today, 1930, yeah. It was the first night of organized baseball. In other words, it was the first time something was actually played under the lights in Independence, Kansas. Who was the manufacturer of the lamps? Can you tell me? That I cannot tell you, but it was probably GE. Edison. It was GE. G. G-E. G-E. They bring okay. good things to life. So moving forward, this would be more for you. This okay. had to do with the Homeowners Loan Act. The Homeowners 19, Loan Act. Yeah, 1934, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the 32nd president of the United States, signs the Homeowners Loan Act. Okay. This was to help us move forward. Okay. And Get in on. 1937, your, I, I think that the president of our company would know this one. In 1937 in New York City, we had the first animated cartoon electric sign that was displayed on a building. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And also in 37, this was the first commercial flight across the Pacific operated by Pan American. Oh, Pan Am. They're no longer around. They're not around. And um, this is a tough story here for a lot of people. In 1956, which forced the United States into a very strange predicament, the last French troops left Vietnam, which left it to the United States at that point. All right, so let's go back to the business section here and what we're doing here. You know, well, I, I got one more. Uh, one more, then I got to announce who our guests are on the show today. Okay, I got one more. Okay. 1967. Okay, I was seven years who old. Refused to be inducted into the United States Army. Elvis. 1967, not in the 50s, the 60s. Uh, that was uh, uh, the boxer. Yes, it was. Muhammad yeah. Ali. Yes. Okay. All right. So let's talk about our guest today. We have a great guest at 9 o'clock. You know, everyone has doors on their house, right? They've got garage doors. they got front doors. they got indoors. they got outdoors. We got Henry Tarno of Tarno Doors. Henry. You know, they've been around yeah. since 1966, so a year before. Uh, Muhammad Ali they're said, hey, I'm going to fight. And they're still in Farmington Hills, right? Yeah, they are an amazing company, and, and we've got a little history. They, they're just amazing. I can't wait to talk to Henry at 9 o'clock, and uh, we'll talk to Henry at 9, probably 9 to 9.20, maybe 9.30. But Henry's coming in, uh, and we've yes. got a lot more guests. I'd like to also say why Henry's coming in. If you are listening and you have a business or product and you'd like to be featured on Talking Biz, send us a letter or email excuse me, at info at newradiomedia.com. We'll be glad to have you on the show. We're looking for a lot of local merchants because, once again, we are creating a community around New Radio Media. So the community will really shape who we are and what we're doing here. Oh, that's great. Um, I have a question for you. Sure. Why don't we share just for a moment with everybody, Dear Mary Jane. You know, Dear Mary Jane's interesting. We had a, actually a meeting with them this week. And, um, you know, it's a very big topic because obviously they just allowed or they just said that the uh, it's going to be on the ballot in November, the election for legalizing recreational marijuana, 2.5 ounces or less. As long as it's not in a public place, you can do it in private. You can't smoke it around other people where there's no smoking, there's no pot smoking. But what's interesting with Dear Mary Jane uh, with Seaburn on there and Mark Seaburn and company, it's more about the business of marijuana. Mark's a tax attorney. And we also have a state representative, someone from the state of Michigan, or involved in, in legislation to talk about it. But their segments are pretty much about the business of marijuana, and there's a lot of issues behind it. For instance, 
There are no banking regulations where to put your money once you make the money selling marijuana. So Mark's a tax attorney. He works around that with the people, and that's the next problem. Now, also, you know, Peter, there's different licenses for marijuana. Do you understand that? Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, I had somebody call me yesterday while uh-huh. I was down in beautiful Florida in 80-degree weather. Yep. And um, they're looking to take up multiple buildings and get licenses around the state for this program. Well, there's a lot of people doing that. The issue is this. Uh, first of all, there's multiple kinds of licenses. There's a transportation license, there's a growing license, and there's a distribution license. I think there's maybe one more. But the problem with that, Peter, and, and once again, on the real estate side of my company, we look at this and people say, hey, I'm going to find a spot, I'm going to find a spot, I'm going to find a spot. The licenses are almost as tough as a uh, gambling license. They really do check these people. Well, they have no choice. I mean, you have to vet them out very carefully. You have to look very carefully as to where they want to place the physical facilities to do these things. So, I mean, you know, there are a tremendous amount of um, background reviews that need to be done, not just on the individuals, but again, supporting the community. Because if the community is not in favor of having this facility next door to them, all hell can break loose. Well, it can. And so, you know, let's go back to the Mary Jane show. Uh, So that's about the business. We are also talking to people right now about the medical use of marijuana and what it does. And we're talking about other shows. So, you know, it's kind of going to be two or three shows on marijuana on our network. And we're getting a lot of requests and talking to a lot of people about that. But uh, it's a big topic. It's going to be big business in Michigan because I would bet on it today. That's going to pass. Okay. Well, let's talk about what's going on. You know, um, it's a very interesting time. It's at 930 this morning. At 9.30 this morning will be the 50th annual Michigan Student Film Festival kickoff. And it's a public venue. Mm -hmm. It's going to be uh, held down at uh, the uh, Detroit Arts Museum, beautiful Detroit in the film theater area. And um, this is a venue that kids from kindergarten through 12th grade worked on. Well, it's it's a great project, you know, and also we have uh, short movies on, on new radio media, if you're you know arts and entertainment, if anyone out there right. has a short, any independent maker wants to download a movie, we are hosting movies on new radio media, and we're getting dozens of dozens of in- entries, entries, I says entries, entries, and we'll have hundreds of movies eventually that people can go on, and it's really fun because you know what, as we add shows, you know, as we add shows, I'm finding myself at night going to our website or on the app. And I'm watching a lot of these shorts, and I'm watching our series and our shows. We're adding, Peter, two, three shows uh, like every other week. But last week we signed five. So the following month we'll probably have seven, eight new shows across the border. Across the board, I should say border. We're not to put the wall up. But at the end of the day, we have a lot of cool shows, and, and it's just amazing. And I, once again, I want to hats off to our staff at New Radio Media, which continues to grow. We've got more interns this week from Specs and MPI. And I want to thank them, Specs Howards and Motion Picture Institute of Michigan in Troy. We've got some great students coming from there, and without them, we wouldn't be here. And and I look at everyone here. I think everyone in the studio today is from Specs, right? So I want to thank them. And, well, and, and wait, wait. The people in our studio, are they even awake? You know what, Peter? They're very awake. Now, Kelsey, you know, sort of the clock. She overslept the alarm, but she made it here well, on time. 
Yep, got Here's a new a intern in the I phone room. Everybody. Let me wave to the intern in the phone room. Hey, how you doing over there? And Ashley's over here. Well, and Tony, Here's the Tony's doing, wait, let me finish. Hold on. Let me thank Tony over yeah, there, yeah. okay? Hey, Tony. Tony, Tony. Tony, Tony's so no baloney. Oh, Tony wants to say something. Question. Wait, 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 Peter. Tony wants to say something, okay? Tony, what would you like to say? Specs Howard did a good job. They did. I, I really do. And, and you notice how he. Oh, wait, 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 wait a second. Wait, there's some. Wait, 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 hold on. Peter, Peter. Peter, Peter, hold on a second. There's something going on. Andy, head of post production, has a tie on. Are you going to get a loan from a bank or something today? What's with the tie? No, what's with the tie? Put him in the studio. You're going to go make us. All right. Hey, Andy. Radio media. Ran- Andy, you got a minute? No. Are you leaving? Yeah, get him in that studio. You Come on into the studio. I want to talk to you. Let me bring Andy in. You know what? Let me, Peter, give me a couple minutes with Andy, okay? You know, it, it's it's very rare that I see Andy, the head of post-production, in my my adopted son. Put on some headphones. I got, I got two seconds. My wife's in the car. Oh, wife's in the car. Okay. Okay. So, Andy, uh, let's put the camera on Andy there, Tony. All right. All right. So, Andy, I, I want to kibitz with you for a minute, okay? You got you got two. <laughs> two. So, I'd like to introduce everyone to Andy. Andy's got several shows on here. But, Andy, I love you. I love you, Paul. And, and Andy is probably one of the most talented people that I've ever met. He could be in front of the camera. He can be behind the camera. He's he's like one of my idols, you know. Both of my sons, Ian and Andy, they're both mm-hmm. my idols. I want to thank you for everything. You're very welcome. And, and Paul. this man, you look really good in a tie. Will you take my job over eventually? You got it. All right. Well, you, your wife's waiting in the car. She's I don't want to get her mad. Say hello. Thank you for your oh, short yeah. visit. No problem. <laughs> I'll give you a call later. Thank you, Andy. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. We'll talk to you. Andy well, he looks is good. I, I see it. I see the. I wow. See you, you guys. Know, I, I'm impressed. Boy, you know what? He he impressed. Andy in a tie. Hey, guys, what do you think about Andy in a tie? Was it good? Thumbs up? Thumbs up? Andy got four, five thumbs up. Hey, Peter, thumbs up? I'm looking at Andy right now. I've got a great shot of you guys doing the show. Yeah. And, uh, Paul, wow. it's so nice to see you, you know? Yeah, so anyways, you know, let's go back to our nonsense, Peter. Uh, so you're dying. Wait a second. Wait. I just heard I another. Wait a second. Stop, question. stop. Wait a second. I just heard another squeak in your room. Is you sure Minnie's not over there? I must be moving something around, but I'm not moving around. Wait, I wish we had a camera there because I think I would bust you with it. I get to see you. You got a nice sport coat on I, today. Wait, now wait a second. Wait, hey, wait, wait. He's changing the subject, right, gang? That me. Wait, wait, Tony. He's changing the subject. Do you think he's got Minnie in the room? Let's take a vote. Who thinks Peter's got Minnie in the room? Ashley? She's saying no. Tony? Tony says yes. Uh, we got two yes. Hey, Kelsey, is, is Minnie in the room with him? Uh-oh, we got it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's three to two, Peter. Three people you know, say that Minnie's in your I'm room and two you, say no. Put the hand up by the microphone there. Put your fingers there. Look, I'm watching you. You little devil. Hi. Anyways, let's go. Anyways, back. Peter's All in right. Orlando. Let me remind people who they're listening to. You're listening to Talking Biz on New Radio Media. Let me give a little bit of more stuff. If you've got a question or like to talk, call us at 844-999-9249. That's 844-999-9249. Anyways, we've got Peter Perlman down in Orlando, Florida. Me, I'm in the studio here in lovely Farmington Hills. High of 54 degrees and sunny today. The wind's out of the northwest at three miles per hour. And uh, it's going to be dark tonight. Okay, Peter. All right, so let me ask the staff a question now. Okay. 
with the 696 closing last night at 9 p.m. Hello, Paul. Wave to me. Um, how was the drive into the office today? So we have a very unhappy camper. I'm going to put Ashley on the mic because they closed it last night, and she had the first delay today. So, Ash, what are you saying? I mean, I totally forgot that it was closing at 9, so I got up. <laughs> And I planned on a shorter drive because the freeway takes less time, and I ended up having to drive down and taking eight miles, so I was late. But she was here, and and we've got to thank her for being here. And, uh, you know, Peter, it's going to be gone. A close, what do they say, six months? November, it'll come back, though. November. Okay, so that's about six months. Yeah, six months, and they'll be Mm -hmm. back up. And then they'll try the other way, you know. So we have about four or five people that come from Gross Point. Some are taking Jefferson. Uh, there and so they've asked me if we would put a temporary office in Gross Point, and we're reviewing that. So uh, I'll talk to you about that later. Anyways, eight sixteen, and I want to go downtown. You want to go to well? How are you going to go downtown? Wanna, Wait, I, is that, is that downtown, downtown Orlando? I want to go to that... twenty one. Go ahead. I want to go to twenty one hundred Park Avenue building. Okay. Talk. We have one hundred two thousand square feet. Yeah. And. Rhino Sauve yep. took the building and plans to renovate it into 75 to 100 units. Okay. And this is an old Albert Kahn building just off of uh, oh, it's a con North job. Adams okay. and, and it's on Park. Okay. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, so it's interesting to see some of those changes. And also, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Hazel Park the other day. The racetrack? And uh, the change. And the changes there are happening. Well, uh, Ashley Capital actually came forward and announced that they were the purchasers. Well, they built the first building there, so they're going to finish it. They have a really big warehouse. Uh, we'll also talk about something else downtown. LinkedIn signs a new lease in downtown Detroit for some space. Uh, they're going to be yes, at, they did. Yeah, they're going and, to be. Uh, LinkedIn is looking uh, to go to larger space in the old Sanders building. Yes, they're going to be there, and right now they've got uh, – they're going to be some employees. Anyways, Peter, we got to take a break here. Well, hang on right there. You're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. We'll be back in about two minutes. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams. For unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content, welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to NewRadioMedia.com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. 
Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at newradiomedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Hello, we're back here at Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com on a beautiful Saturday morning, 8.20 in the Motor City, and I've got my partner and a friend, Peter Perman, down in Orlando. Peter, are you there? Uh, beautiful day here, Paul. Just uh, enjoying every moment of it, and uh, shortly I'll actually go downstairs to see what's going on. But uh, I want to stay a little bit more on talking about squeak. Michigan right hey, now. Hey, wait, what's that squeaky? Uh... Squeak. Hey, is Mindy still in the room? Minnie? Minnie? What what are you doing to me here? Because I'm Come texting on. I'm texting uh, Donald right now, and yes. and he's he's with Mickey, yeah. and they're looking for Minnie. Yeah. They are looking. For, he, she was supposed yeah. to be at breakfast at eight o'clock, and she's nowhere uh-huh. to be seen. So, uh, Goofy, uh, Donald, and all these people, and uh, Mickey are looking for Minnie. And uh, I understand. I'm going <laughs> to warn you that the uh, security of Disneyland is headed to your room. Well. Knock three times. Knock three That's times. All I can say. Knock three what, times. What floor are you on? What does does Minnie have to jump? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't quite work that way, you know. But it was a nice shot. <laughs> anyway, you're laughing. It, Mickey's to... pissed. Uh, I got another text. Wait till I catch that I'm... Perlman guy. He'll never know what hit him. Hit him. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh. You know, here oh, we go. They're also bringing go. three blind mice with them. Well, you know, I noticed one of them had a walker, so it'll be a while before they get here. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. I'm watching. Minnie's got me on his phone and his camera, and they just approached the hotel, so you don't have much time, Peter. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so here we go. I want to talk about Michigan again. Michigan. This one is a— Pure Michigan. The Michigan legislature um, tried to pass in in their financial appropriations bill— Mm-hmm. $5 million to go to private schools. Yep. Now, the challenge that I have with all of this is we have revenue that comes in for the public school system. Right. And then at one time, Governor Engler, at, at the time of his administration, brought in charter schools, which I wasn't happy about. Right. And this is like another line of moving money away from the public forums and making these schools really struggle. And I'm finally glad that a judge woke up and stroke, you know, did the strike down of the five million. Well, it's funny you say that, Peter. We had some guests on. Uh, Jack- I'm not laughing. No, no, no. Jackie Kalen's show um, on Monday. We had some uh, educators there. We had a the youngest principal in Michigan history from Fortson High School, and he stayed after the show. And we were talking about different issues. We were talking about charter schools funding and education today, and. You know, you and I talk, and we got to put the show together for education in crisis because it's, it's right. really scary right now. You know, we had a talk, and, you know, educators are getting paid less and less uh, with more and more, and they're dulled because here's what happens, at least in Michigan and around the country, where the teachers are teaching for tests. So they're worried about test scores, and they're measured by test scores. And these teachers are having a hard time being creative 
And and he says that, you know, besides that, he goes, you've got people competing for charter schools and everything like that. So there's an education crisis in Michigan and around the country. And once again, we've got to pick a date to have that roundtable because uh, teachers are getting upset, parents are getting upset, and it's like a ticking time bomb. You know, it's it's really, really rough out there. It is. And I'm looking at the strikes right now that uh, are taking place around the country. And Arizona is the next one that looks like it may hit. And you've got already what took place over on the east side of the United States. It, it's starting to snowball. And I think the teachers have a right to say, hey, it's time to call a halt to making us a third class, third world educational um, country. Well, we're, and it, yeah. we're falling so far behind. We are falling way they don't. Go ahead. And I'm listening. Go right ahead, Paul. No, no, it's it's we're falling behind. And if you look around the world, um, so many countries are passing on education, and it's really interesting. And, and it goes further than that with the visas and all that, because you know, for years, and it's still coming that people are coming here for colleges. You know, American colleges, they're coming here. Uh, at the same time, when people get uh, there's a thing called an EB five visa. Are you familiar with that, Peter? So EB-5s, let me tell people listening, it's an investment visa where if anyone from a foreign country invests X amount of dollars, they get a visa and they can bring their children. Well, for a long time, and it's still happening a little bit, the Chinese were buying visas through EB-5s, and they'd bring their family here because it allows them and their family, kids will go to education here. Um, some of them are looking at it and saying, we're not sure if we want to bring our kids to public schools in the United States because schools are getting better all over the world and, and, and there's a lot of competition out there. There is. And, you know, they also made that crazy rule to uh, investment in the United States. So it was a it was a catch-22. You had to bring so many dollars to the United States as well. Yeah, it's it's really tough. And and once again, Peter, we'll get the Education and Crisis Show get moving. Um, what else do you like to talk about? I mean, you were not have been around this week. You've been traveling from New York. You had some big meetings in New York uh, earlier in the week, yeah. last weekend. Orlando, um, let me ask I you a favor. A... Are you going to keep me company okay. next Saturday? You have a trivia question. Well, I asked you a question first. Are you going to be in the studio next Saturday? Definitely. Okay. We miss you. Everyone here misses you. You know, there are Tony's there. Well, I will definitely, really upset. I will definitely be in the studio the whole month of May. So, Tony's upset because he didn't know you were going to be here. He went and bought you bagels, lox, and cream cheese, and you're not here. Uh, so Tony had to eat it, and that's the first time he had bagels, lox, and cream cheese. But how was it, Tony? It was thumbs up. Okay, good, good, good. I that's had it, good. so it was good. Yeah. I think that's great. It's nice to see my name on the screen that I'm on the phone. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's good. Well, you are on the phone. We have a professional staff here. What do you think? They're not going to say, you know, on the phone, Peter Perlman from Orlando, Florida. Uh, once again, I want to remind wow. people, 844-999-9249 is the call-in number. Have a text. Someone just asked, why does Perlman travel so much? That's from uh, Mindy in Southfield. You must have a fan. Mindy, Mindy, let me explain this to you. Um, I have more than one hat to wear in, in, in this beautiful world of ours, and I'm proud to say that uh, I enjoy the travel on behalf of taking care of issues uh, for major organizations, for uh, my business. And in June, I will travel again, but I'm doing some of it for pleasure and for business. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I got a text from... Mickey, they're, they're, they're just getting into the <laughs> elevator, and when I catch Perlman, 
uh, he's in trouble. Yeah, well, the deal will be that uh, we'll give him the shaft. I know. I know the punchline. All right. So, anyways, we're we're here. You're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. It's uh, eight twenty-eight in the Motor City, Detroit today, fifty-four and sunny. Uh, Peter, Peter, Peter. Are there any more questions? Right. You said you had a trivia question for me. I did. Okay, All right. give it to me. Who became the world's first? And I say this very carefully. Who became the world's first space tourist? The world's first space tourist. Okay. Um, I'm trying to figure this one out. Does and anyone know this much? It was a millionaire at the time. Before we had billionaires, he was a, a millionaire. millionaire at the time. A first. Does anyone have an idea who that is? For a millionaire first, first millionaire space tourist. Who could that be? Uh, Tony, you have any clue? Tony, play the music. No, Play no, the music. I'm trying to figure out. Tony. Elon Musk, I think. Elon Musk. Huh? Was it Elon? Every, everybody looking. Everybody looking it up on their little. No, machine. no. Was it Elon? E. Peter. Was it Elon? No. No, it wasn't him. Okay. Wasn't no. him. His da, name da, da. was. Go ahead. You ready? Go ahead. His name was Dennis Tito. Oh, Dennis Tito. Okay. Is that the founder of Tito's Vodka? Yeah, and then we also had a sad note from the Guinness Book of Records this week. Who died? Michigan's tallest man passed away. And do they have Mike to? Or do they have to get a special casket for him? Mike was forty-eight years old. He had a twin brother too, by the way. Bob Lanier. Uh, but Mike was seven foot seven inches tall. So do they need a special casket for that? I mean, I mean that's a long guy. We'd have to make some phone calls on that. All right, let's call Ira Kaufman, Dorfman, and, and the, the rest of the people. the really would have been how much space was allocated. Yep, they got a big, bigger grave. Hey, Peter, uh, we got to talk about a couple things. We're going to take a break in two minutes. But anyways, well, um, I'd like to read. Uh, uh, first of all, we have a guest. Tonight. So we have Henry Tarno coming on to visit us at 9 o'clock, which is great. Yep. Henry the doorman, you know, garage doors, front doors, back doors, you name it, Henry's got it. Yep. And that's exciting. And um, when we, you know, the second half of this first hour, we're going we're gonna to deal with a couple of issues. One of them is going to be deal, dealing with payroll, um, what, what everybody thought payroll would be and what reality of payroll looks like it is. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk after the break. You know, Peter, we're following Amazon big time, right? And it seems That's like every my, day they're in the news every, every day. And i got a couple items I'd like to talk about Amazon right after the next break. also want to talk about uh, the automotive industry after the next break because uh, – a lot of changes, a lot of changes, some big announcements in the automotive industry this week. Lots and lots of, of automotive news coming out. Um, some dealerships are very, very nervous uh, from Ford's announcement, and we'll discuss that after the break. Uh, Peter, you got anything to say for the last minute before this break comes on up? Yeah, I actually do. Thank you very much for the time, the opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Talking Biz with Peter Froman, Paul Benzman. If you want to reach us, of course, do it the simple way with one 800 Oh, eight four. What am I talking about? Wrong number, wrong day. Yeah. Sorry about that, Paul. Eight four four nine 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 two four nine. 
And don't forget our app on both app stores at NRM Streams. That's Stream with a Z. That's NRM Streams. We've got hundreds of people downloading the app every week. Tell your friends and tell your enemies. I don't care who you tell, but tell them. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to take a little break here. we got to pay for this time. We've got a little bit of a two-minute break here. We'll catch you on the side. You're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. We'll see you soon. Guys, wait up. Hold on. Daddy said hold on. You know, I was thinking, Bill. Yeah. I'm ready for our show, and, and you're ready for the mm-hmm. show, but how do we let everyone know that we're ready for the show? Uh, slow motion rap video? At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly, all for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. Boy, we missed a little bit there. You're listening to Talking Biz uh, Saturday morning here in the Motor City on NewRadioMedia.com. Peter Orlando, Florida, Perlman, how you doing? I was waiting for my music. I know the music's here. You know, it's morning. Uh, Tony got a little uh, too full with the bagels, locks, and cream scene sandwich. Got to notice us. But we're okay. Everything's going to. Hey, Peter, I got a major um, announcement to make for newradiomedia.com. You ready? You ready for this? So we have a new sponsor coming. We signed a deal this week. um, And they're Ashley Home Stores of Southeastern Michigan. Is getting ready to open their second store in Woodhaven. They've got a store in uh, in uh, Westland. That's what I'm saying there. And and they have signed an advertising contract with uh, NewRadioMedia.com. So we start seeing Ashley Home Store commercials in about a week or two. Uh, they're jumping on. They realize that uh, they got to get more on the internet. Uh, I walk through, and of course they're my clients on the real estate side. And I walk through the new Woodhaven store last night, and it is beautiful. The furniture's not in it. It's bigger than Westland. It's beautiful. And it's going to be opening sometime the middle of May. On the same time, I was on the west side of the state this week and looking in Grand Rapids and Portage, which is near Kalamazoo, 
and there's more Ashley stores popping up over there. So I'd like to be happy, or I'm happy to announce that Ashley Home Stores will be a new sponsor and a new advertiser on NewRadioMedia.com. And if you have a business you'd like to advertise affordably and get some digital impact, uh, give us an email at info at NewRadioMedia.com. Uh, look at the website or call our salespeople here at New Radio Media because uh, we are the place to be advertising. Hey, Peter, I got a question. Did you know that last year digital marketing beat all of TV ad revenue? Yes, I did. How about that? Amazing, huh? It, it's big. Now, we also <laughs> looked at it about the people that in Detroit. We looked at the radio market and that radio in Detroit is down $50 million in revenue over the last six years. Did you know that? Yes, uh, you know, we've been watching it very carefully at New Radio Media, um, especially when we have talked to potential uh, advertisers and investors that the world of um, transmission radio has changed dramatically. Yeah, it has. And, and, and uh, Go ahead. And that the digital platform is the new radio, it's the new television. It's Everything will be changing. We watch it every day. Um, you know, with the new smart televisions on what we can do. New radio media could be sitting on your smart TV. You could be sitting in your family room right now watching Paul and I uh, with uh, just a couple oh, of wow. typing, uh, little types, types onto the uh, little keyboard. And before you know it, you have new radio media on the screen. Yep, and we're looking at other digital outlets and digital marketplaces to market, newradiomedia.com. Uh, but like I said, I'm very happy that we've got these new advertisers jumping on board. We are hyper-local. But that leads me into a story, Paul. Leads um, you into a story. You know, Once upon a time. We're, we're going to talk about Amazon down the road. Hey, Peter, is, hey, hey, Peter not, Mick, Mickey's knocking on your door. No, that's you knocking on the desk. Well, in yep. the meantime, folks, <laughs> um, radio can't get away with anything. Go ahead. Paul is just loving this part that I'm away from home. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Walmart. You know, we have this battle of Walmart and Amazon. It seems like every other day. Well, Walmart has thrown a new salvo into the game. Yeah. As it's new, they deal to acquire the majority stake, you know, in India's leading online retailer. It's a bold move, of course, that would open another front in its escalating war with Amazon. You know, um, this is going back and forth. This is a ping pong game between these two. And um, where one is trying to find the U.S., um, Walmart is stretching its wings far beyond the boundaries. Yep, it is. It is. It's uh, It's very interesting what Walmart's doing. Matter of fact, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, look at Walmart, look at Amazon. Um, you know, us being in the retail real estate business, uh, something happened last month, too, very interesting in the retail world. Did you know what happened, Peter? Uh, in the retail world, I must have been traveling. All right. So what's happening is, 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 is as we're we, talking about Amazon and Best Buy now. Yeah. Well, we're talking about them, Amazon and Best Buy. But you know, talking about let's let's talk about it. so let's talk a little more about that. Then I'll go back into the other subject. So go ahead. All right. So Amazon and Best Buy, as we all know, um, Amazon is working with a brand coming out with a brand new smart television, mm-hmm. and um, they have signed an exclusive contract with Best Buy. And we're and everybody, you know, the, the consumer is excited because they can go in, they can see it, they can test it. But behind the scenes, and this is the question I have for you, right. behind the scenes is Amazon courting Best Buy. Well, you know what? They are probably, um, that's where I was going to bring up a subject, but I'm glad you brought it in this way. So they're looking at a lot of things. Now, don't forget Amazon is already selling appliances through their new warehouses. You know, 
and and Best well, Buy would be very interesting to see if they're courting them. Um, it's 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 a player of both worlds, and and let me go deeper than that. So there's a chance that out down the road that Amazon will acquire or do something with with Best Buy, because everyone realizes the fastest way to A to B in the internet is if you're a merchant, work with Amazon because of the reach. Then let's look at the Walmart side, Peter. Okay, so I look at Amazon and Walmart as the two 900-pound gorillas in the world today. And Walmart is acquiring and talking to a lot of other retailers. So now in between that, you've got a lot of the retailers looking at each other and how do we save ourselves. So you've got Kroger talking to Target. You've got a lot of players changing around. But in, in something that fits into this, that retail sales in the last month or two were actually up. And you know why that is, Peter? Why don't you share it with us? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you carry this ball on this one. All right, so what's happening is is that retailers and people, including some millennials, are realizing that they might lose the socialization or the ability to go into the retail store and find a product that they rel- relatively quick in less than two hours or they want to touch and feel something. So the socialization of a retail has a little bumpwards up in the last few months. So it's it's very interesting to watch this trend and see where it's going. Now, as we move on, and we find out the proper mix of retail in bricks and mortar and online, it's a very interesting problem and story and how it's going to watch them. And I'm sitting back watching how people are going to resolve this. So added to this, when I took a tour of the Western Michigan this week and looked at some Toys R Us stores that were closing, we went into the back room of one in Portage, Michigan. And back there was a shipping department for Toys R Us. And so we talked to the manager in depth, and he said, listen, when we do shipping back here, he said, in Christmas time alone, they did over a million dollars shipping out of his back room. Here's the problem. You want to hear it, Peter? I'm listening. All right. So here's the problem. He went out and he said, we got 100 copies of a certain movie. He says, they were selling it for a little less online. And by the time the store opened, they had shipped 99 of the 100 films out of the back room and only had one for the front of the store. He said the difference of those was $3 difference, so they actually lost money because they would have sold the 100 copies in the front room of the bricks-and-mortar building. So he was very upset with that because he said people were coming in, he could have sold 200 in the front with a $3 more margin. And in the back room, not only was the $3 margin different, they had to give away free shipping. So he said we lost probably 5 $6 a unit. So that's the problem the retailers are going to find out that they've got to conquer that. And also, Walmart raised their in-store price, excuse me, online prices over the last few months because they were having people go in the store, order it on their smartphone for a pickup in the store, and they beat themselves at their own game. So that's got to be fixed. It's an ugly picture, and it's only going to compound itself because, you know, people are looking at financial statements very carefully. So mm-hmm. they're looking at the financial and they're saying, look, our sales have escalated tremendously. Yep. And at the end, when you start to break down the gross sales and then you get down to the net profit, that profit margin is dropping every day. It's, and this it, is yeah. why I want to rule it from what you're sharing with everybody to what Amazon is doing. Everybody thinks Amazon is this huge IT style company like Silicon Valley. And in reality, they're not. They are actually, you know, a distribution company and their payroll 
where an IT company in Silicon Valley could be 200,000, 175,000 a year. The average income for an Amazon employee is 28,000. Yeah, it's 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 scary because like you talked on our show previously, you've got almost 3 million square feet of uh, distribution centers in Michigan. And that's just the ones labeled Amazon. They actually have some appliance warehouse uh, set up where they have appliances with companies like LG and what Ashley Capital builds for them, okay? So they've got those warehouses. So besides the 3 million, there's hundreds of thousands of square feet of other warehouses they have. And as they sneak into the market, you know, it affects every local retailer and big retailer, small mom and pops and big ones in every city. And I think that they're doing one other thing. And uh, this is down in Tennessee. It takes us away from Detroit a little bit. You know, when Amazon was looking for the second world headquarters, quote, unquote, um, everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. And, you know, now that like one of the great communities of Tennessee, Nashville, is on that 20 list or less, all of a sudden, the rents are going way up. People are hedging, and they're going to price themselves out. You know, it's not like everybody's coming into the community with a big payroll. They're going to come in with medium payroll, you know, and it's not going to be the $200,000 payroll. And I think that a lot of people are going to get a very rude awakening. I think Amazon has just played a great game. I think they're luring people into this Kool-Aid game, and at the end of the day, they're going to shock a lot of everybody. A lot of the communities, because they're not what they believe they are. Well, they're not. You know, Peter, you know, they have it, and, and they have uh, people that are really have to run. They've got order quotas. So if you're picking an order, they give you X amount of minutes to pick an order. And and as they pick them, and some people, they've got people falling on their face in some of these warehouses from exhaustion. So they got to watch that. You know, speaking of Amazon, Peter, you know, they're raising the price of their annual Prime membership to $119, a 20% increase. And they say it won't be phased because what they offer in the service, uh, people say some. if you're a heavy Amazon user and you have Amazon Prime, they're actually losing money still at 119 But they say it's almost like people paying for their cell phone bill now or cable, that people have it will not live without it. So Amazon now has got everyone there picked because you get free movies, you get all movie access and all the other things. So it's something that's almost become a necessity that people want to have Amazon and $119. I think we should start tracking um, the cost of Amazon memberships and uh, how long and how much it's increasing. Now, on the same report, you got a different report, but Amazon's quarterly profits more than doubled. So now he's getting into the point where the company earned $1.83 billion three months ending March 31st. So now where everyone would laugh, he's not making money. Folks, wake up. He's making as much as the automotive companies, and it's only going to increase, and the numbers are going to keep doubling and doubling because now he's got his infrastructure, and as soon as the infrastructure is and he doesn't have to invest more in infrastructure, game over. Well, it's going, it's going to be one to sit back, you know, and watch carefully, and that the – public just needs to be aware that if you continue to do the online formula, you will only have yourself to blame when you can't go to the corner and no longer see, feel, and touch. Ask the proper questions on how does the product work? How will it, you know, benefit me at home? All of these things that we go into a retail store for, we're losing that customer relationship with the salesperson that's supposed to have knowledge. Well, especially on a rainy day or winter day when you say, let's go to the mall and walk around. 
well, if all the retailers are gone, all you're going to do is eat and watch movies. Boy, that's going to be pretty boring and go out and see variety. Anyways, Peter, it's that time. we got to take a break in about 10, 15 seconds. You're listening to NewRadioMedia.com. You're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. If you want to give us a call, 844-999-9249. Or don't forget to download our app at NRM Streams, both Google and the Apple Store. We'll be back in two minutes, and we'll see you on the other side. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says there was a substantial drop in diabetes deaths in the decade leading up to 2006, especially for deaths resulting from heart disease or stroke that's attributed to diabetes. American adults with diabetes are still more likely to die younger than those who do not have the condition, but the gap is getting smaller. The findings come after researchers looked at data from 1997 to 2004, covering nearly a quarter of a million adults. The mortality rate may be falling for some very simple but sound reasons. People with diabetes were found to be less likely to smoke and more likely to be physically active than they were in the past. And there also have been some improvements in controlling blood pressure and cholesterol levels. But sadly, the news is not all good though. As the CDC also says that the prevalence of diabetes is likely to rise in the future largely due to poor lifestyle choices and obesity. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. Why are we here? What makes a person truly good? For those answers, you're going to have to take a philosophy class. But if you're more interested in who would win in a fight between R2-D2 and a Dalek, watch Get It to the Geeks on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com. Good morning, Detroit. You're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMe.com. It's 8.49 in the Motor City, sunny Saturday afternoon, high in the mid-50s. And my partner and friend Peter Perlman's down in Orlando. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Paul, and good morning, Orlando, Florida. You know, it's a beautiful day. It's going to be 85 to 88 degrees they're talking about down here. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of new things are even happening down here. One of the newest things, though, is going to be at the Orlando airport when we fly internationally. They're going to go to a optical visual scan, not even use your passports for international flights. Wow. So, uh, boy, that's it's interesting. Technology once again changes a lot of things. So, Peter, you know, you're down, you're down in Orlando. Uh, you're here next week. Where are you after uh, back in Michigan? You got another flight somewhere in the next few weeks after that? No. I'm going to actually, unless uh, something comes up, I actually plan on staying put in Michigan uh, in the studios for the next four weeks minimum. All right, so I get to plan my trips then. I'm going to probably take a trip to Florida. I'm probably going to take a European vacation for the months of uh, May, June, and July so you can take over the show. Uh, No, just joking. I can't leave this place. I can't leave this place. Go ahead, sir. We were talking earlier about some of the big changes. Ford made a huge announcement about how many cars they will and will not manufacture anymore. So, you know, and it's funny because I was at dealerships this week and listening to reactions from dealerships. 
So Ford decides that they're going to do the old Chrysler move, and Chrysler was the first one announced that they're killing a lot of their cars and they're only going to make a couple cars in the Chrysler line and go for the trucks and go for the SUVs. So Ford makes the announcement. They're going to say, hey, we're only going to have two cars in the lineup. One's going to be the Mustang, and the other one is going to be, what is it, the Escape crossover or something, or the Fusion? Or the, not the Escape. Well, the Which Escape one is, is it? always going to be there. Now the, the Escape. Escape is there, the Explorer is there, and they came out with the new Echo Sport, which actually is a European car that is behind in technology severely. I mean, they brought it over for a smaller vehicle, but they didn't do anything. The, the car never should have made it into the United States. Well, I, and I talked to our friend Reggie last night, and, and all the dealerships yeah. at Ford Dealers are sitting there shaking in their boots because even Ford says the Fusion's not selling, but dealerships are saying, hey, we sell a lot of Fusions. So they're a little scared. Well, it's a, funny, after this announcement... you got another problem. Um, if you're watching uh, the, middle, the Middle East, the cartel, the oil cartel has decided to start slowing down production, which is going to push the cost of fuel back up in the United States. Well, and, and that's interesting because at the end of the day, you know, remember that we were building Hummers and everything bigger and better, and then the fuel crisis hits, and people have, we have short memories in the United States, and so do these companies. So, yeah, they'll gear up for all these SUVs, even though some of the smaller ones get better mileage, and we're going to be looking for economically high-mileage cars, and hopefully the folks that have it will still have it. Um, you know, it's but going to be interesting. Well, what Ford is doing is I think they're putting their eggs in the basket of a company called Lincoln. Well, they are, but here's other crises at Lincoln. You know I'm a car guy. The Continental is I not selling. The Continental is not selling. Uh, they're thinking about adding suicide doors to it. They, I don't know if that's going to help. They need to make a bigger nope. car and do that. And so we'll see what happens. But they're adding two more SUVs in the Lincoln lineup, uh, Cadillacs anymore. GM says, hey, guess what? Not so quick. We're going to keep the sedans. Right. And what's going to happen is that the American public who wants to buy domestic is probably going to have to go to Chevy or one of the GM brands to get cars. And I also think GM is doing the same thing, but what they're going to start doing is they're not going to have cars across the whole lineup. So, you know, eventually, instead of spending money redesigning Buicks, maybe they'll only make one or two cars in the Buick lineup, keep Chevy. Because what's happening in the Chevrolet lineup, they're stepping up in technology. If you go to the Chevy dealership and you look some of the Chevys, it's amazing what you get inside a Chevrolet. So they'll probably have the Chevy, they'll probably have, uh, and then you'll have Cadillac. And Buick will have a couple cars. So these manufacturers are looking to say, how do we cut development costs? Because it's very expensive to create two models, new models, and they're changing. Now, on that point, I drive a Cadillac CT6, and I enjoy the car, and I'm a little very upset with GM that they don't market it to compete with a Mercedes or a BMW or any other foreign car. And I will bet anyone to come test drive my CT6 and then drive in a, a, a Mercedes, a BMW, or I, I test drove the Lexus LS500, which was $100,000, and I got back into my car, and I got to say, I think I enjoyed my car better. Well, the only problem that I have, and I look at the private passenger auto market very carefully, and I'm talking about private passenger, we have an aging community, and you kind of yep. look at how low these cars are sitting, and you first say to yourself, how come they haven't woken up to platforming them up a little higher to get in and out of? And that was one of the moves to the SUV or the midline SUV because it was 
easy entrance and exit. No, I. And then, I, of course, go, go on. No, I keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt you there. Go ahead. No, it's all right. And then after that, um, you know, everybody started to deck these things out. Lexus, you know, and Infinity came out with their vehicles, and GM, of course, followed suit. Um, and everybody kind of upgraded all of the SUV line very, very heavily. And that's where the profitability is. It's not in the private passenger auto. It's in that SUV or very high-end private passenger. The every, but here's the sad part. The everyday individual who wants to go to and from work cannot afford to buy a car. And the way the companies are trying to pull off these leasing deals, they're starting to stockpile cars again which got them into trouble before. They were giving them away, low, low lease rates, and they're being turned in now. And, they, and, the new, and those cars are becoming part of the used car lot business, and that's going to be the new generation of vehicles for a good percentage of the United States. It is, and, and they have short memories. Anyways, also on note of the automotive, GM paid CEO Mary Barra, you know what they paid her? Nearly $22 million in 2017. So are they... Well, you know... Go ahead. Well, are they are they overpaying or underpaying? The old story is, if the ship is being steered in the right direction, and overall everybody in the company is receiving a profitability according to the captain, then there's no problem. It's when they get that kind of money, and all of a sudden, at the low end, there's no rate of return. All right. Well, Peter, I got to say goodbye to you now. Have a great time. Good hearing from you in Orlando. Uh, we'll see you next Saturday in the studio. Uh, and have a good trip and uh, safe trip back. Uh, we're getting ready for the 9 o'clock hour. We've got Henry Torno, Tarno, I should say, from Tarno Doors. They're coming in at 9 o'clock. We're going to talk about doors, ins, outs, and around. Peter, uh, we'll catch you next week. Have a safe trip home, okay? Thank you very much. And again, to the staff that makes all of this work to make me get on the air from places all around the world. Uh, this is New Radio Media, Talking Biz, and Paul, it's back to you. All right, we'll take a break. We'll catch uh, uh, Mr. Tarno at 9 o'clock. You're listening to New Radio Media, Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. We'll catch you in two minutes. See you then. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, PodQuesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic, sweeping adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, PodQuesters. See you there. the latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market all by the push of a button Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association Tarno knows doors Tarno knows doors Surfing the internet can be good for your brain especially if you're getting up there in years UCLA scientists say that the internet searching helps to stimulate your brain function by triggering centers in your brain that control decision making and complex reasoning. In a study to be published in the American Journal of Geriatric Psychiatry, the researchers say that using the internet to seek out new information might stimulate the brain enough to sustain brain health 
and your cognitive ability. Before the computer age, the one activity that was linked to an active mind was solving crossword puzzles. The fact that even simple tasks like searching the internet might enhance your brain circuitry suggests that our brains are really sensitive to mental exercise and actually continue to learn as we grow older. So using an internet search engine such as Google produces the same brain activities as reading, but it also increases activity in areas of your brain that control decision making and complex reasoning. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. Good morning, Detroit. It's 9 o'clock hour. You're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. It's 9 o'clock, sunny, sunny Saturday afternoon in the Motor City. <laughs> I've got a special, uh, morning actually, i got a special guest here in the studios. I'd like to introduce Henry Tarno. How you doing? Good to meet you, Paul. I'm doing great. Nice to meet you. You know, I, I've heard of the company. I know your company, uh, and I pass your place all the time. And we booked different guests. And when I looked at your, your website and I read up about your company, you're a pretty cool little company. You were, what, when year did you start, 1966? I started in 66 in my parents' basement. And, uh, oh, it's been an interesting time. We've uh, had a long, good time. Things are a lot, uh, things are great now. I mean, you know, we've had the highs and the lows, and life is good. And after 51 years, you kind of relax a little bit, but you take care of your customers and you make you know make and sell good products yeah you know service is big with you but let's go back to the history you know you said you started in your basement so you started in your basement how did you think of going in the door business i mean you started in in, in your basement but tell me the story why did you get into the door business okay i started i was a co-op student at u of m down at dearborn and i was looking for something to make some extra money so i asked my dad where he got our garage door opener and he bought, he got our garage door opener from a company called Vemco because my father was in the wholesale electrical business and he sold them wire. And then I went down there and they said, sure, we'll sell you stuff. So I started knocking on doors over at 11 Mile and uh, uh, by Lodger, there's a subdivision. And I started selling garage door openers to homeowners. Remember in the 66, 67, Garage door openers were not something that every house came with. It's something that was an extra. It's like your garbage disposal. So we started doing that, and from garage door openers, we moved to garage doors, and then we started selling garage doors to builders and to homeowners and have just kind of just little jerks and fits and moved from here to there. And we've, we've been in our building since 82, we were behind uh, where the Mercedes dealer is in Novi. There was a, an industrial building there for a couple of years. We were behind the Bonaventure Roller Rink for five years. And now we've been in our building for seems like a lifetime. Of course, it is a lifetime. So let's go back to the beginning because I love the history of business. Mm -hmm. So you started selling. Now you were the, the, the salesman. You were the delivery guy. You were everything, right? I had both of my brothers help me for a little while. Okay. Uh, one brother eventually moved up north. The other brother, he came into the business for a while. And then we, as we started installing garage doors, we hired other people, and we had office people. We had an office cat uh, back in the old days in Detroit. And then when we moved to Novi, we had the office cat for a while. That was Morris the cat. Um, <laughs> and, and then, was he finicky? No, he was real laid back. Real he laid used back. to be okay. a wild cat, and okay. when when he got when we got him, he he just loved. You know, we 
took care of him, and he was very happy. Wow, very cool. As far as a cat, as far as we could tell. So garage door openers, what was the second item? Garage doors. Okay. I mean, if you wanted to sell a garage door opener to a builder, you probably had to sell them garage doors. So we started selling wood garage doors, and then we just added things to it, uh, the garage doors. Then we started selling steel garage doors. And we've carried a whole plethora of products when it comes to garage doors. So you got the garage doors. We got that. Then you got all the kinds of garage doors. Obviously, back then, did people look at pictures to buy them, or did they want to touch and feel like a sample? Well, I actually had, as far as the garage door openers, Mm -hmm. I had a little display that I had on top of my car. It was like a little doghouse with a three-foot-long garage door opener that you'd go to people's house and plug it in and show them how a garage door opener worked. I remember driving around to neighborhoods, I mean, and we would take it to a, a little show every once in a while. I mean, that, that was the kind of thing that we would did with then. Uh, with garage doors, you'd have bits and pieces, sections, cutouts, colors, and brochures, of course, from the vendors. Very, very cool. So we went to garage doors, and then did you, what did you do after that? You had the door openers, the garage doors. Well, we pretty much did that for a, most of a, the first 40 years, nah, first 35 years or so. Um, we got into entry doors, mm-hmm. which is, um, is a nice offshoot. We, we, became an ent- we sell and install entry doors as well as the garage doors. Um, that is kind of a different kind of niche. You need a different kind of uh, salespeople, not salespeople, but installers. You need a finished carpenter to do that. Mm-hmm. So we, we do entry doors. We do screen doors, which are just a little part of our business. But back in 2010, we got involved with motorized retractable screens, which are used for people's patios, lanais. We do them at restaurants. They come in plastic and screen. So they're now an interesting, they're a little small segment, but it's a growing segment of our business. So you're growing. So we started with openers. Yeah. Then we went to garage doors. Yeah. Then we went to entry doors. Yeah. Then we went to screen doors. And then are we talking canopies? No. This is a screen. You, this is a screen that goes over sideways. the window. Sideways. If you okay? visualize a restaurant that has plastic sides and they yeah. want to open it, they have electric ones versus the little manual ones. Oh, I know with what you're talking zipper. about. Yeah, so they open up, and so, so they have the patio and they want to open and close, and then they got these heaters in there, and so they're going to be there in the winter. Excellent. Yes, that's exactly what we do, and we, we do those, and we do more of them on people's houses. If you look at a lot of the new houses, especially the ones that are being built on the lake or people building a house in the woods and they have their patio, they can either enclose it with a screen or they can buy roll-down screens or vinyl. I mean, we've done them in Huntington Woods. We've done them in Birmingham. We've done them all over the state. We've gone as far as Traverse City, Charlevoix, Harbor Springs. Um, so we've put these products in all over the state. We've got uh, some in Lansing at a restaurant where we have plastic around the outside to close down the patio. Uh, so that's kind of... a uh, a little niche that we do, but we're not going to do windows. No, no, you stay out of the windows. Let the let everyone fight over the windows and stuff. Exactly. You know, I'm watching you talk, and I'm a business guy too. And you're still so enthusiastic about your business. You know, can you say you love it today as much as you did when you started it? I enjoy going to work today. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a golf player. I'm okay. not interested in kind of laying around and going to Florida and spending three months trying to figure out which restaurant I'm going to go to next. Right. Um, so I enjoy coming to work and helping solve problems for customers. 
and it gives me it gives me a great deal of pleasure to have a successful business and, and after 51 years I take a little bit more time off so it's okay. Life is good. So speaking of time off, uh, how many employees do you have at Tarnodor total? We have approximately 14 and a half, I think. Maybe 15. I'm not sure. Half. What's a half? Well, we feed the I, don't want to, I don't want to name that person as a half. We feed the cat outside. Oh, so the I'm, cat outside is a half. There's okay. a wild animal out back that we feed. Yeah, so you've got 14, but you have a lot of contractors probably. Uh, you mean outside outside con- contractors? No, we don't. Oh, really? Everything's from uh, we, from employees. We do everything internally, okay. Except we have a special contractor who's our finished carpenter for our entry doors and some other construction work. But majority of all of our installations are done by our in-house employees. That's amazing because you know that's disappearing in a lot of places. You know, go to these stores. You go to the big stores, right? Mm-hmm. Go to Depot. You go to Lowe's. You don't know who's installing. Yeah, that's that's what we try to explain to our customers that there's a difference between what you get at a quote unquote big box who sells 14 million things and a company that only specializes in five or three to five items. You're going to get people who are dedicated to selling products and servicing them that are doing it all the time, that are not going away and coming back tomorrow. They're going to be putting in a kitchen, and tomorrow, today, they'll put in your garage door. So we think that that's a big difference. You have to explain to homeowners why that costs more, but you get what you pay for. Well, it's funny. In a couple of seconds before you got here, I was talking with my partner, Peter Perlman. He's in Orlando, and I'm a big retail guy. We have my commercial real estate division, and we do retail locations for stores, and we always talked about online and if I look at your business, you know, it's something that, yeah, people can buy cheap products online or do something, but you're in a service business. You're in an installation business. So you're sort of sheltered a little bit from that in many ways, I would think. But at the same time, you know, people are going back to retail. Retail numbers have been up a little bit the last few months because people like the socialization. But when you look at your product and you're a service, I think you're sheltered from that. Do you believe that you're, you're sheltered from online? Well, yes and no. There are people who sell some of our products like a portable hand transmitter for a garage door opener okay. you can find that on online um, some people who want to buy a do-it-yourself door or door opener you could either find that online or at a big box store but the majority of the products that we sell that require hands-on installation it, it's what we have to offer that's different um, the the installation of a product is done by a skilled trade. A tradesman that has learned how to do this over the years, understands the nuances of the product, is able to put it in in a timely manner as compared to someone who just buys it themselves and then spends the whole day trying to put it together. The, the, the money you save or think you're going to save isn't worth the aggravation of of how you spend your time and, and the results you may or may not get. Well, it's funny because I equate it to this, and you got to listen to me through this theory. You know, I've, you go to an attorney who's a specialist in something, right? And you pay him four fifty an hour, but he knows it and he gets it solved at four fifty, right? Right. You find an attorney who's not such a specialist, like a novice on an item, and he spends eight hours at two hundred dollars an hour. At the end of the day, you spend a lot more for the unprofessional attorney that doesn't know that specialty. Same thing with trades. If you pay the right person and get it done right, cheaper is not better when it comes to service. Absolutely. Um, My feeling is you pay for better quality up front and you don't pay for it a second time. If you think of the things in your home like your furnace or your roof, 
If you buy better quality the first time, you won't be paying the second time or the third time to replace it. Sure, you might want to buy a T-shirt over at Kmart or, or someplace else because it's only $10. or You don't care. You're going to throw it away after a season. Right. But not if you're going to spend several hundred or several thousands of dollars for your garage door or your entry door. You want it to last 20 years. So that's a question I was going to ask you. So when you put in a door opener, what's the average door opener life? A door opener today, their studies, they are designed and that's a terrible word, the built-in obsolescence, they're, they're going to last anywhere from 13 to 18 years. Okay, so 13 to 18 years. Now let's go to the door itself. Now it depends obviously on the material. What does a garage door last? A good garage door, one of the higher quality ones, if they're properly maintained, will probably last 25 years really? or more. So let me ask you price ranges. What's your least expensive double garage door? Well, if you talk about at the low end, the quality is a non-insulated door, so now you're looking at a $900 door. But then you can we've put in doors on new homes that are large decorative doors for $12 or $13,000. So you go all the way from apples to oranges. Do you do solid wood doors? We do wood roll-up doors, yeah. yes. We do We do steel insulated doors that have overlays that look like wood that allow you to have a higher quality of, a higher R value, higher quality of products on the inside as far as rollers, hinges, springs, and an exterior that doesn't require the maintenance of a wood door. So people look at the insulation factor of a garage door? I Absolutely mean. today. We, we have clients... I've been selling insulated doors mid-80s, okay. and it, we've done tests, and the manufacturers have a typical garage that has an insulated door is 20 to 30 degrees warmer in the winter without putting any additional heat into that garage. That is the heat that comes leaks through your house, the heat that comes with your car, so you can keep your garage warmer. The, the insulated door is quieter. It's warmer. It's finished on the inside, by and large, depending upon, of course, if you buy the at least the good quality. Or, and they just sound sturdier. They don't have the tinny sound that a typical non-insulated lower-quality door would have. Very interesting. So I'm going to lead that to another question because I asked you about the heat and the retention. Are you seeing a lot of man caves or in-law suites and garages? Have you seen many of that? Well, we do sell motorized screens for garages. So okay. I'm seeing places where we've put motorized screens on the garages, and they haven't had a car for a long time. They're, they've got a couch and a, and a bar and a TV, and they roll the screen down in the in the summer, and, or open it depending you know depending upon the season or the garage door. But yes, there are man, and I don't think we should fairly just call them. No, man let's not. Caves. Let's, like, I mean, Ashley, we we won't call it man. We'll call it people caves. Caves. That, just call it caves. Let's take right. the word out in front. It's an outside living area, and it's a, a nice opportunity. I mean, I've um, I have a client who just recently purchased a screen for his garage out in. Uh, uh, Milford, and he wanted it so that he can open the door, have the wind blow through, and be able to use the garage in more than just parking the cars. I mean, you see the garages with cabinets and furniture and finished floors. I mean, they're 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 multi-use places now. You know, we're going to take not a break, but I, you have a great spot that I found, 
that I want to play so the people see it. So can we play your spot and listen to it? Sure. All right, we're going to roll his spot. Put it on. The latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market, all by the push of a button. Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association. Tarno knows doors. Tarno knows doors. So that was a couple years ago, 50th anniversary. You're on your 52nd anniversary, but you know we played that so people could see what you do. You know the the doors, the the you know the stuff over the the windows. It's a pretty nice spot. Who did that spot for you? I don't remember. Okay, but it was a nice spot. It was a nice spot. I saw, we were still, looking for information yeah. from yeah. you and say, hey, that's a nice spot. We'll have to play that or update when and get you one on New Radio Media. We'll play right. a spot for you. Yeah. But anyways, so let's go back to the business. I'm finding this exciting because you know people say you know I look at business and and you're a true entrepreneur, obviously for doing the business. Let's go back again. Let's go back to starting. I want to go back to the start. You're in your parents' house. How old were you when you started? 22. 22. So you went to school? I'd gone to Henry Ford Community College. I was at U of M in Dearborn. You said that, yeah. And that's where I started. And I, you know, I ended up, I didn't finish there, but that took me seven years to get through college. It was just something that I had to do. So you're in college. Did you find yourself bored in college? Did you find out that there was another calling for you? That you're, you're stu- What were you studying for? Well, that's so funny. Okay. I was at a co-op program at U of M in Dearborn, and I was working at Pontiac Motor, and I was very bored out there. I ended up getting fired. Um, I was there when Zach DeLorean was there, but that was that was a long time ago. Um, and then they threw me they threw me out of Hen- of U of M Dearborn. But when I went to see him, I said, "Well, you're not teaching entrepreneurial. You don't teach people how to run business for yourself. You're teaching people to go to work for big companies." And they said, "Well, we don't know how to do it then." Um, so. And I moved on. You know, it's just what is. I want to continue that story. Do you mind staying on for another short segment after? Not at all. Because we got to pay the bills. So, anyways, I want to thank. We've got Mr. Tarno here. We got to say thank you. Uh, we're gonna take a break. You're listening to Talking to Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. We'll see you in about two minutes. Yeah. Low budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version. Yeah. I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on newradiomedia.com. It's geek approved. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Get down here in the sewer is Geek Tainment Weekly on New Radio Media. 
Turtle power! At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Welcome back to Talking Biz here on NewRadioMedia.com. I want to thank the folks at Murray's for sponsorship of New Radio Media and our show. And we've got Henry Tarno from Tarno Doors. Hey, welcome back. Thank you, Paul. Glad to be here. Yeah, you know, we got talking during the break because you sound like me. You know, we were talking about schooling and all that stuff. And you, and you got a little bored in school and working. You started a business. And, you know, we talked about this during the break. I want to talk a little about it right now. You know, people, right, they get out of high school and they say, hey, you got to go right into college. And I think there's a break there because I don't think we're young or old enough or we don't know what we want. So we should really take some time off and think about it. What's your thoughts? Well, I think personally we should take a year off and have community service, some type of thing to kind of release the pressure of, the, of schooling. I don't think you'll lose anything by finding out what life is like getting a job, giving back, than rushing right out to the big four-year university where you move into the dorm, figure out how much you can drink, and and, and fluff off. <laughs> and I agree with you. I, I agree with you also. You know, Warren Buffett during the recession made a big comment. He said, if you have a skill or trade that can make you a living, forego college. He said, you know, he, he's, he's a you know, he was advocate of it. He said, if you have a skill or trade that makes you money, and he backed it up with this. There's so many people coming out of college with so much debt that the burden of debt doesn't allow them to focus on their career because they're stressed about their debt. So it made a good thing. We don't have enough trade schools and skilled trade schools for people to learn trades. I mean, it's tough. Absolutely. Look at the construction industry in this city. I mean, after um, 98, a significant portion – I'm sorry, 2008, a a significant portion of the trades have either gone out of the trades or retired – you can't get a good plumber, electrician, carpenter. You talk to anybody who's building houses. It is hard to find good tradespeople, and the schools aren't producing them fast enough. And and it's not just it's the building trades. It's it's the auto industry. It's every business where you have to work with your hands. There's still money to be made, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no reason why everyone needs to go and have a liberal arts education just so that some. You know, because that's the plan. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, we, we hire a lot of people on both of our companies, and people hand me their resume, and I don't open it. I look at the folks. I look at their eyes and say, tell me what your skills are. Tell me who you are, and tell me the stuff you would not put on your resume. Okay? Yep. I'm going to find out today whether I Google search you, look around. Tell me the bad stuff I'm not supposed to know. And it's not going to affect you, okay? I'm telling you right now. Unless they say I shot my last boss <laughs> right. and he's, he's in my trunk. But at the end of the way, you look at people and you say, hey, what are your skills and what are your trade and what you do? So it's, it's very interesting. And, and so back to back the time you decided you're going to go into business, same thing I did. You know, I was in Wayne State, 1978. I started Wayne State, and I wanted to be a lawyer. My mom says there's too many lawyers. And I regret it because anything in business you need a lawyer for. So I wish I would have got a law degree, but I didn't. So I went into accounting. The first two years, I had a great time. I did well. And then I met a gentleman at Wayne State in 1979 whose father was in the import business. 
And I was selling tools along with my father in the flea markets. We were buying from a distributor. And my friend's father said, I'm going to import your own branded tools for you in 79. So I started importing my own branded tools, and I started wholesaling tools. Well, here I am going to work, going to school, and all of a sudden I was going more to work than school. And then in 19, uh, in 2000, excuse me, 1979 and 1980, I moved out of the house into Franklin Park Towers because my mom couldn't know that I was really working, not going to school. My father knew it, but my mom didn't. And the day I told her I'm leaving college, she got upset. But I was making a lot of money in the tool business, and it just made sense to continue with the tool business. I understand exactly. I mean, the only reason I finished college, and I finished college at night at DIT, which isn't even there anymore. Was that dad I tried? Yeah, no, it was Detroit <laughs> Institute of oh, okay. Technology. It was only because I had set a goal that at some point in time I will have a piece of paper that says I finished school. Okay. And that was it. I didn't need it. I had already been in business for four years by the time I did it. Of course, that was the time of the Vietnam War, so you had to kind of figure out if you're going to move to Canada or not. Um, but it was um, it was just kind of where I was at the time. Uh, you know, I, that was the previous administration, wife-wise. That's different now. My life is different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you look at that way, so wife-wise, wait a second, there was a change in wives? Um, yeah, I, in 98, I moved on and, um, now I've met a nice young lady. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And I'm saving for my third ex-wife. So, okay. oh. so it's, I've had no, a... Actually, I'm my wife's third, but because my first wife was bipolar, we're even. Got you. So you had two, I get it. So you had two wives. So wait a second, then I'm also on my fourth wife then, so we won't go there. Okay, let's not <laughs> But let's, let's not go back go to, there. Right. So let's go back to the business. So we talked about people coming out of school or not going to school and coming into business or trades and do that. So are there any other family members in your business? It's funny you should ask. We, ha- I have my stepson, okay. and he moved back from California uh, after he got married, before he's decided to start a family, and they wanted to be here because his... His wife's family is from Ann Arbor. We're from here in the Farmington Hills area. So they moved back here. I now have two great-granddaughters. But then Bud, my office manager, he has – Bud has his brother, who's a serviceman, his son-in-law, who's a serviceman, his daughter, who is um, our – works in our accounting department. And let me just see. Did I miss anyone else? Oh, yes. His grandson comes in. So we have more Helgamos at Tarnodor than we have Tarnos. But that's okay. They're great people. Are they huggable, the Huggamos? The Helgamos are huggable. Okay, good. good. I mean, that, I don't want to make fun, you know, but yeah. they're, they're good people. They're good. they're good, honest people, and they're great workers. And they love, you know, they, they've grown up with the business as I have. So obviously you have a succession plan around yep. that. And so... You know, how many more years do you want to work? Until I don't have to. Right now, I still enjoy coming in five and a half days a week. I expect to – now, I take more vacations now. Okay, so, good. So I, you know, just – I enjoy coming in. I enjoy I'm, – I'm out and about with the crews. On Thursday, I was working with the crew, putting in one of the products that we sell. Um, I go out and make sales calls. So I – I get out. I do a lot of paperwork. It's it's still fun. People asked uh, to talk to me. There, of course, if you looked at the commercial, there's a statue in the office that says Henry. So if anybody ever calls in and they say you want to speak to Henry, you can come to the showroom and speak to the statue. Um, it's just a joke, you know. It's it's you have to not take yourself so seriously that you can't 
laugh at yourself sometime. I think we all take ourselves too seriously, and I try not to, of course. I'm a little weird. But that's beside the point. You're, you know, I, I think I'm seeing a mirrored image. I wake up every day, and the day's a gift. And I make the best of every day because you have to enjoy life. To me, problems are little bumps. Okay, That's because right. you wake up and, and I've, I've gone through tragedies in my life with friends and family. You realize what's worth getting aggravated over. Oh, that's right. I mean, I had shoulder surgery eight weeks ago, uh, rotator cuff. I'm in good shape. I go to PT three days a week. I'm all right. I can't complain. I'm getting ready for my next vacation. I, you know, life is good. You know, it's it's really amazing, and, and I want to go back to the business a little it's bit. It's okay. Get, no, no, because you, you're you're a fantastic. I just met you, and I think I'm buddies with you already because you're just that kind of guy. But if you look at the business and you look at service, okay, how many calls do you get? My garage broke. I need you here now. More than you think. Um, people tend to call us about ten o'clock in the morning after the servicemen have been dispatched and left the area. Oh, my door broke last night. Can you send someone out? My car is stuck in the garage. And you have to be very tactful and try to apologize for why you can or cannot do that. You do the best you can. Um, but it's sometimes sometimes you're lucky. Sometimes you can get someone. The, the crew is in the same neighborhood. You can get it taken care of. Sometimes not. I think, you know, when you talk about service, I'll tell you a funny – it's not a funny ha-ha – we get more service calls over the phone. My door won't close. Why is that? The safety I-beams, everybody has safety I-beams now in their garage doors, is either out of alignment, the garbage can is in front of it, or the sun is shining on it. And you try to explain to people, you don't necessarily need a service call. Maybe we can help you over the phone. And we help four out of five people who have safety I-beam problems on the phone how to fix them themselves so that they don't need our services. So you're a trusting company. You're not out for the dollars. You're out to service the customers. Right. I mean, we wouldn't be in business for over 50 years if, if our goal was only to maximize our, our sales and, and not treat the customers fairly. I mean, we're dealing with third-generation customers. We have grandkids of some of our first generations. Hey, my grandfather, my parents told me to call you guys for a new garage door or an entry door or garage door opener. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I know many times that I've – had those garage door calls. I remember when a garage spring collapsed on me once and I couldn't do it. And then and then everyone doesn't know the, the safety release. Sometimes you can release the garage and you can You can pull it. the release, but with the spring broken, it, it won't work. make any difference. It's heavy. But we might be able to help you over the phone with two of your neighbors to get your door open so you can get your car out if you leave it connected. All right, so let's go to the door business. We've got just a couple minutes left here. Number one seller at Tarno. What is the number one item? Probably the number one item, and, and it's really, I, I have to kind of put this in parentheses, okay. is a two-inch thick insulated door. But today, we have six different, seven different lines of doors as far as aesthetics. We have doors, your typical garage door has little squares, big squares. Now we have doors that have no squares. They are horizontal, contemporary. They now have ribs on them. They have windows running down the side instead of across the top. We have doors that look like they're a wood door. We have steel doors that look like they're carriage doors. Carriage doors are the kind of doors that look like they swing from the sides and open in the center. We have those that are made out of metal that you paint. We have doors that are aluminum with glass. We have doors that have steel insulated bodies and, and overlays that look like wood. So you've got a whole plethora 
of things, no two houses have to look the same now. It's amazing. Well, you know what? Time flies. We've spent over a half hour together. I want to thank you for coming to the studio and giving us an opportunity to learn about Tarno Doors and learn about you. You're an amazing man. Well, thank you very much, Paul. I'll enjoy coming back again. I love it. Anyways, uh, you're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. We're going to come after the break. If you want to call in, call 844-999-9249, or you can listen to us online at www.NewRadioMedia.com, or don't forget to download our app. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Good morning, Detroit. You're listening to Talking Biz. I'm Paul Benzman on NewRadioMedia.com. My partner Peter is in Orlando. We had him here for the first hour, but he went bye-bye. You know, that, that Mr. Tarnow is an amazing guy, you know, just uh, he's, he's amazing. He had shoulder surgery about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago. He looks great. Tarnow Doors, uh, when you're looking for a door and you want some great service, hey, folks, don't go for the cheapest price. When you're installing something quality and you're looking for something and we want service, uh, cheaper is not always better. You know, it, it's, it's good to get quality and uh, have a gentleman. So I'm glad Henry uh, took some time. And it was with us all for that half hour. Uh, folks, we got something new. Um, you know, there were rumors that uh, Ford Motor Company was buying the train station uh, down in Corktown. Uh, but it looks like they've acquired or have under contract nearly 50 pieces of property in Corktown, which means it's speculating that Ford is going to reevaluate whether they're going to put all the money in the Dearborn campus, campus 
or they're going to start building around Corktown. So hey, I want my people around here. Open the mics. Let's open the mics. I want to talk to everyone here. I want to bring the younger folks in, and I want to talk about things in, in, in Detroit, and especially this thing with Ford. And we're going to go into another conversation with this. So I, I want to welcome uh, Ashley here and Tony over there on the mic and uh, talk about things. So, guys, let me ask you a couple questions. Is important to you as younger people to see the downtown grow and for all these companies to move downtown? Ashley, what's your thought? I understand the importance, but I am quite anti-commercialism, anti-consumerism. I'm not one to go out and enjoy the downtown necessarily every once in a while maybe, but I can see the importance. I just don't really care, honestly. Okay. And, and Tony, what's your <laughs> thoughts? You know, Ford's going down. They're going to redevelop Corktown. I should ask you this way. Is it good for the development or or is it better for corporate America? What What's your thoughts? Do you like seeing them going down to Corktown? I think it's good. I like to see it, actually. I mean, I, I go down there pretty frequently since I'm, I'm not too far from there. Um, and I, I, I enjoy it. I think the development is good. Anything really for the city, it just tends to be anything that, yeah, it's helpful. Anything right. that so, brings people in. So let me ask you the next question. So they're moving downtown, moving employees downtown. Uh, what happens? Do you think they're blighting the other neighborhoods? So is it affecting the neighborhoods? Ashley, what do you think? Yeah, I think so because, I mean, especially downtown, if you're bringing in um, people who are working for the larger companies, they may be making more money than the current tenants, and it's going to eventually gentrify and kick them out. Yeah, and I'm also thinking about, you know, the suburbs losing people to downtown. You know, the vacancy rate in the suburbs, we're seeing that with restaurants. Restaurants are starting to feel the pain of all the restaurants going downtown. Tony, what's your thought on that? Well, I also think that a lot of, I mean, at the moment, Detroit is kind of a donut shape. There's a lot of development around it um, and not a lot of development in it. I mean, there's still a lot going on. Yeah, I, I think it's almost a reverse donut because you got Midtown and Downtown, and I think the, the part of the crust is empty. You know okay. what I'm saying? They take a pie, I, I think saying, the, the yeah. neighborhoods are. So, you know, we're talking about the automotive industry and how it's changed because it does affect us all in Detroit and especially around the country. Um, let me ask you guys, autonomous cars, uh, pro or, you know, true, what are you, up? are they a friend or foe? What do you think, Ashley? Foe. Foe, okay. Tony? Friend. Friend, okay. So they're a friend. And, uh, Ashley, why do you say they're a foe? Um, I just think that it's dangerous. And that we shouldn't be pushing people to, you know, be on the roads without paying attention. And I don't think that a machine can make the split decision, the split second decisions that a human can make. Okay, and Tony, you're you're oh so go finish, Ashley. Oh right. no, just in those situations. Okay, and Tony, you're 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 a fan. So what do you think? Well, I I see where Ashley's coming from too in this in this aspect because there is kind of a moral dilemma there. I mean, is in a, in a lose lose situation, does the machine? Um, does the machine really know how to make save a life or whose life to ch save? You know, um, but I I trust them. I mean, I I believe they're gonna be there's gonna be work that involves in it that goes into making them safer. Um, but I think they're kind of. Um, I mean, I think they're a work in progress right now, but Can they're I, definitely gonna be there. Well, they're gonna be there because here's the deal. Um, I have to say you younger people are smarter than a lot of us older people because here's what's happening is that when you look at where your expenditures are and you look at cost of, of ownership and a lot of people don't want to own a vehicle if they could have an autonomous pick-em-up or public transportation. And I, I bring this analogy. Way back when my parents bought their first house, their payment was $172. 
And so I said to people, you know, look at your phone bill, look at your cable bill. And those together in the average house is probably about $400. The family's cell bill is probably 200 and cable's probably 150 200 So it's, that's over double, almost triple what a, my parents' house payment was. So it's getting expensive. And, and you younger people are making decisions where you want to spend your money, you know, in, in entertainment, enjoying your life. You're not caught up in how much you make a lot of you guys. You read the quality of life. I think you guys get it. You know, we got caught up in the age of greed and bigger is better and all that stuff. Yeah, I have a successful office, but at the end of the day, I would rather see and talk to you guys and really get pleasure from you guys talking to you guys and watching you because I'm learning. You know, my son teaches me every day. I labeled him my idol two weeks ago and said, boy, I look at you and you're not that stressed. Yeah, you're tired, you work hard, but you're not being stressed out. So I think quality of life is real important. I think you guys will live longer than we do or did and going on because of the stress. And and when you look at, like, Tony, like you said, yeah, you know what, pick me up, take me to the doctors, take me to the air, take autonomous vehicles, do that, or take mass transit and, and do that. So now you don't got an insurance bill, you don't got a car bill. You could live in a nicer apartment, nicer house if you want, and do those quality things. So I'm learning from you guys. You know, I'm learning from you guys, and hats off, and, and I get so much energy from all you guys. I'm here during the weeknight when the shows end at 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and I hang with everyone, and you guys give me energy. You give me energy, you give me thoughts, and you really make me think. And, and, and Ian, the CEO of, of the uh, COO, I should say, of the company, uh, is teaching me. Even though we're a father and son kind of deal, um, he wins nine out of ten times. I think he gave me one I'm right last week, and I almost fell off my chair. But you do that, and you understand that. So now we talked about autonomous vehicles, and I talked to attorneys lately, and we have some dilemmas because there's going to have to be new laws, right? you got cars, people driving in cars. And, you know, what happens if a, a driverless car hits a guy who's driving and who's at fault? And then we'll have to look at the cameras and the replays and see who did what. But let's take this. An autonomous car picks up a drunk from a restaurant at 2 o'clock. Now, there's obviously something in the truck car that can be an emergency stop because there's going to have to be some kinds of buttons. It can't be just like all autonomous. So the drunk is, is, is crazy. He gets picked up, and he's all over the place. And he kicks a button on the car that has the car reacts to a crash. Is the car liable or is the guy liable in the car? What's your thoughts? Uh, Ashley? I don't even know. That's um, quite a question. Because on the one hand, the guy is drunk, which is why he called the autonomous car. So maybe they should have some sort of drunk proofing. But on the other hand... He's not driving. Yeah, he's not driving. He's not so driving. is it really his fault? Okay, so he's intoxicated in a vehicle that he's not driving. So, you know, and, and say it causes injury to someone else, you know, who gets the ticket? The autonomous company, the manufacturer, or all of them? Tony, what's your thoughts? Oh, man. Well, she said it with the drunk proofing kind of thing. In this case, I think it's the company's fault. The company's yeah, fault. Yeah, if this is public transportation in some... In Not public. S- this is a private company you called. You called 1-800-DRIVE-ME. Okay. A okay. private company. Either private, way. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. They should still have uh, safety measures in place that would not allow people. I mean, it, that is not – I mean, oftentimes it's very it's, – it's often used for that. You know, if you go out have fun, you don't have to drive home. Um, I think that they should know that there will be drunk people getting in their cars and or people under the influence of something and that in some ways it needs to be dumbed down. It needs to – if they have to put a lock on that button, 
So be it. Do they know? need a breathalyzer so drunk people can't drive in autonomous vehicles? And that would sort of defeat the purpose, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I feel <laughs> right. I mean, these are issues we have to think about. You know, you got to think about what happens. You know, what happens to a person? I mean, there's going to be avoidance. But here's the biggest problem: driver cars and driverless cars on the same road. So you still have people that are either driving drunk or just crazy drivers or have accidents or just break the law. So you're not 100% clear from an autonomous vehicle unless, you know, you have an explosion system. If something gets close and it sends out a bomb and it blows up the car coming at you. But we're going to have to really watch that. You know, um, there are a lot of studies and a lot of people looking at for elderly people that need to go to doctor's appointments. They can just go on the computer, call up and say, pick me up, and it goes to appointments. A lot of use for it. So we're going to see a lot of things. And Michigan is the you know ground zero for a lot of this. Uh, Willow Run is that place. Ann Arbor, there's a lot of that. I was behind a couple testing cars from Hyundai a couple weeks ago driving and watching the people. And one day had no hands on the wheel and the other one had their hands on the wheel, but they were following each other. So very interesting. We're going to have to look up more of that as it goes on. Now, I want to change subject. We talked earlier on about the marijuana laws and what's going on. And I want to ask you guys questions. Tony, don't, change it. don't turn your mic off because I want to ask you guys this. You know, are you pro-legalized marijuana for recreational purposes or are you against it, Ashley? I'm pro it for everything. I mean, there are so many uses. That's why it was uh, made illegal in the first place. They didn't want to overrun the paper companies. So outside of just smoking recreationally and medicinally, there's so many other uses for it. So it definitely should be legalized. Tony, your thoughts? Uh, I agree. Um, I believe it's a good it's a good um, it's a good source of revenue for the state. I mean, um, I'm not a big fan of how it's coming. It's coming. It's being legislated. Yeah. Um, Craig and I, I, I believe Craig discussed this. Uh, he said that there's kind of a they're trying to discourage voters from going out to the polls. Because it's going to draw a lot of um, it's going to draw a lot of first time voters or a lot of people who wouldn't normally vote. Yeah, uh, Paul touched on that last week. And yeah, so we talked about it. Republicans and, and passing that um, in some ways is discouraging people to go to the polls, which I don't necessarily agree with. That even though I tend to lean conservative. Well, it's going to be really interesting because here's going to happen: even if it passed, and there are going to be regulations on it. Right now, the law that's going on the books for the public to vote says you can have two and a half ounces. Uh, you can't smoke it in public. You can smoke it at your home. You can smoke it other places. So I think that uh, I would rather see it come out in the open instead of us spending big money on you know, arresting people, selling or smoking pot. Obviously, on the business side, it's going to be explosive in the, in the Michigan area. A lot of guys spending millions of dollars to set up warehousing and distribution and, uh, and shops. So, you know, hey, I, I think it will be a good thing. Um, if you asked me 15 years ago, I would have said no. Uh, but I've learned on the other side that it's a interesting thing medicinal-wise and, and a lot of reasons for it. Um, and so I guess I'm for it. I, I would probably vote for it. I know I will vote for it and get it out there. So, you know, another industry in Michigan. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it's still illegal federally, and I think the federal government's going to stay away because I would predict in, let's say, five years or so, it might go national. What are your thoughts on the national, Ashley? I think it'll definitely go national. It's just a question of when. But five five years, yeah, probably like five to seven years would be my estimate. Okay, Tony, your thoughts going to go national in so many years? Oh yeah, eventually. I think it's just it's just a matter of time. You know, I think it's going to take enough states to do it. I mean, once of all the states have you know some sort of legislation for it, then at that point, there's no point in having a federal law against it. I think you're right, uh, and also you know in Canada, there's a bunch of public stocks coming out or out. 
that people are making money on the marijuana stocks. It's a big industry. Exactly. Good it's, money. It's, it's a real big industry. Boy, you know, I, I thank for your input. I might have you guys come back on the next segment because, you know, I like to look at views and I like to look at it because, you know, we're, we're a world of uh, all ages, all kinds of people. And, and I, not only are you great staff to help run the show, but I love your opinions and, and, and have you to ask that because, you know, we're doing – I'm getting a lot of texts right now and a lot of fr- from friends and actually getting a lot of texts, believe it or not, guys, from people in the industry, TV, radio, newspaper people that are listening to us. So it's really cool that they're there and the people joining us. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about new radio media, where we're going, what we're doing, how the community can get involved, and what we're really, really doing here. And it's been a couple great, amazing weeks on new shows coming here, new talent coming here. So we have to take a break. You know, we have got to pay for this place. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in about two minutes. You're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. Guys, wait up. Hold on. Daddy said hold on. You know, I was thinking, Bill, yeah. I'm ready for our show, and, and you're ready for the mm-hmm. show, but how do we let everyone know that we're ready for the show? Uh, slow motion rap video? At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly, all for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The arts and entertainment channel on new radio media. Dot. Welcome back to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com on a lovely, lovely, sunny Saturday afternoon. Looks like we finally, or Saturday morning, I should say, looks like we finally turned and we are now into spring. Warming up, it's warming up. Hey guys, what do you think? Ash, you, you happy that the better weather is here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so sick of being cold. It was a rough winter, you know. It was rough. It was doomy and gloomy and cloudy and all kinds of stuff. We didn't get hit like the East Coast uh, with all the snow, but it was pretty nasty, wasn't it, everybody? Hey, Tony, you happy that the sun's shining? Yeah, he's waving and ticking. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in New Radio Media. You know, people think we maybe talk too much about it, but... You know, we're really about the community. You watch our ad spots, and it's really about the community. You know, when you look at the media around us and the world that's changing, because of ad revenue leaving traditional media, they're covering less and less. 
So when you turn on radio, and I'm not knocking any of these medias, believe me, we're, we partner up with someone, we'll partner up with them. But at the end of the day, um, people want information. They want it when they want it, how they want it, where they want it. And we're working real hard to add shows. And, and that means that if you think you have a topic that you think people would like to listen to, call us. Call us. I didn't say call us. Excuse me. Email us. Info at the old days. Call us. Info at newradiomedia.com because you might have an idea that maybe only has an audience of two or 3,000 people interested, but that's okay. You know, you don't have to be a rock star. We have information. It's, it's all about it. And, and there's people that want to look at different topics and different things. If you have a talent, you know, down the road we have music, you then you know, email us. I'm information at, at newradiomedia.com that I'm interested in doing something on your platform. We also are going to be announcing relatively soon that we're going to do more people sending us audio podcasts. If you're looking for a place to host audio podcasts, we are. And something we're going to launch within the next 120 days or 90 days is our version of Etsy. So you'll be able to, if you have a craft or something you want to sell, you can do your video of your craft, and then you can host your craft online with us and be able to sell it. And that will be a very low subscription price, maybe $29.95 a month that you can use our platform to sell your product. So we're really engaging in a lot of new things here. Uh, the Sports Channel will launch within the next 60 to 90 days. Uh, we are looking at new facilities to build more studios. So if you have anything you'd like to do on NewRadioMedia.com, look at our five channels, but go further than the five channels. We're going to be expanding five or six channels. We're going to have a restaurant channel. We're going to have a sports channel. We're going to have a more medical channel. And once again, everyone wants to get their information out, and we want to be the local community platform for information and entertainment. The other thing we've got going, guys, you're probably going to hear that we have two interested parties to open up in Lauderdale. So I'll be flying down there in the next two, three weeks to start looking in the Lauderdale area. And we'll be in Lauderdale in the Miami area probably within the next, I would say, eight to ten months. Uh, we're also talking to people in Chicago. We're talking to people in Atlanta. So uh, people that are interns here, <laughs> you might be able to travel around. We don't want to lose you. But we'll have some really cool places. We're also talking to people in Orlando, I mean Lauderdale, about doing a lot of Spanish content, which would take us into South America. So, you know, we're dreaming big, but things are happening already and looking at it. So I want to thank all the interns for hanging in our tight space here and, and really staying on top of each other and, and doing stuff and working out with us because, you know, we see the growth. And, and since the launch in March, uh, we've seen some numbers. And we looked at the numbers, and I don't know if you guys heard this, the last month we had roughly five thousand people tune into us. Uh, that's that's looking at us on you know on, on demand or live. Our goal is every month to try to add thirty, forty, fifty percent of that, and uh, we have some new marketing things that we're going to be doing. So a lot of things happening at newradiomedia.com. Also, if you have a company uh, and want to do some affordable advertising, uh, we just launched some new advertising rates last week. Uh, give us an info at newradiomedia.com because. You have to look at your digital impact. You know, when people go out and look at this thing and they say, hey, tell us about you, you're new. And we explain to people that, you know, digital marketing is, is growing. It's the largest really marketing division right now there. And that when you play an audio-video message, whether it's live or rebroadcast, that helps their search optimization. It gets picked up. And so it's something that can help your business. It's not always about how much business you get, but how many people are seeing your business. So uh, give us an yeah, a email at info at newradiomedia.com if you want to talk to one of our salespeople. Uh, some very affordable advertising rates. Also, on the show at Talking Biz, we'd like to invite you to send us an email at info at newradiomedia.com if you have a product or business. Mr. Tarnow was here. He got, told us his story. He told us about his business. 
Uh, where else can you do that? You can't do that in a 30-second spot. You know, you can't tell someone's history, the personality behind the company. But he spent a half hour with us, and, and he's going to send this to all his friends, and his friends are going to send it to his friends. He'll pick up business from this, and he'll also pick up his reputation. Not that he needs to pick it up, but he'll get his reputation out there, and he'll really learn about it. So uh, I want to have you guys to open up your mics again. Tony, I want you to open your mic, and I'm going to throw things at you. we got a couple minutes here. Peter's gone. We don't do this often. We're going to call it like a free-for-all. Tony, is there something you'd like to discuss that is within two minutes that we'd like to discuss here? Hmm. I don't know. You know, I'm making you the host for two minutes. I don't know. That's like... Come on, Kelsey's looking over Kelsey's at me and she's going Avengers. She's okay, saying, okay, I'm going to go to Ashley and see if she has anything. Ashley, do you have anything you'd like to talk for about two minutes? I'm going to make you the guest host. Oh, goodness. And here's so much, Ashley. So Come pressure. on now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Let's see that. I, I don't even know. I mean, I had all the thoughts until you asked me. <laughs> okay. You know, what do you think? Um, anything anything you want to talk about? A movie you saw? Business? Well, anything yeah, I mean, you want we to do? Were, we were talking about it earlier, just last yeah, night. Yeah. I finally saw The Greatest Showman. Yeah, great one movie. Of, uh, one of the best musicals I've ever seen. Not that I've seen very many, and not that I'm a connoisseur of musicals, but I enjoyed it. I, I'm thinking about going into it and just listening to the music. Oh, yeah. I, I, my um, my sister actually rented it because she hears the, mu- the music on her Pandora station. Yeah. And so she rented it on Amazon, of course. Yeah. And so I watched it while the rent was already there. Good movie. All right, Tony, back to you. Did you think about anything you want to talk about? Ice cream flavors or whatever thing. I'm giving you I'm giving you a lot of what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, favorite ice cream flavor? Yeah. Oh, uh Mackinac Island fudge. All right, do you like hard or soft ice cream better? Mm, hard ice cream. And what brand? Uh it's a brand a local uh Michigan brand, House of Flavors. House of Flavors. Okay, Ashley, uh softer hard ice cream? Uh, that depends, but I guess I'll go with hard only because they have more flavors. And flavor and company. Um, I would have to say either chocolate chip cookie dough or moose tracks, and usually I go with Edie's. And the reason I brought that up, the weather's warming last night after I felt some ice, felt like some ice cream. I didn't feel like ice cream, but I went into Baskin Robbins Thirty One Flavors. It's hard to choose. (laughs) It's hard, and and they only had twenty nine flavors. That's rude. I count. I go in there and I do an accounting thing. They were short. A bunch of liars. They were short. Two flavors. My attorney's on it right now <laughs> <laughs> for non-disclosure. Anyways, I want to thank the staff. I want to thank our interns. I want to thank everybody here at NewRadioMedia.com. Without you, we would not exist. Uh, I want to thank you guys for hanging on with us through our beginning and our growth and all that stuff. Remember, come back next, next, next Saturday at, at 8 to 10 uh, for NewRadioMedia.com, Talking Biz on New Radio Media. For my co-host, Peter Perlman, who's in Orlando, I'd like to tell you guys, have an amazing Saturday. Enjoy the sunshine, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Goodbye.